Oh yeah. Let's talk about making love. No, not that kind of making love. Did you know that the average person only spends half a percent of their life having sex? Here at Making Love Today, we learn from couples about what they do with the other 99.5% of their time to create meaningful, deeply fulfilling, and long-lasting relationships. So listen up as we hear what our guest couples do outside the bedroom to make their love work. And now, here's your host, Patrick Perkins. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Making Love Today. I'm here yet again with my wonderful co-host, Ann Brown, our resident marriage therapist, here ready to talk about yet another one of our couples. So today we're going to be talking about Sonny and Chad. And all I can say about this couple is, wow, where do we even start? They got married and didn't tell anybody about it. It's a second marriage for both of them. They had custody battles. They had more miscarriages than anybody should ever have to go through. They talked about working on hobbies together. And to cap it all off at the very end, I know we say on Making Love Today, we don't actually talk about making love. Well, they went ahead and went there, and they even talked a bit about their monogamish relationship. Where do we even start? (laughs) We should definitely start where they started. They described getting to know each other in a way that felt different for each of them that really confirmed a sense of partnership for them. And that served as a great foundation when, as you said, they got married. And then six months after that, there started to be a lot of pressures. There started to be custody battles. There started to be pregnancy and pregnancy issues. They show not only a deep investment in the relationship and in each other, but one of the things that really stuck out as they were talking about their way of supporting each other is the difference between trying to support somebody when you're both going through something similar and trying to support somebody when your partner is having an experience that's a little bit separate from what your experience is. And every couple bumps into this at one time or another. I loved how eloquently Chad expressed the fact that although a miscarriage is difficult for him too, he's not going to experience it in the same way that Sonny's experiencing it. And he acknowledges that and he understands that he's on the outside in some ways because it's so physical and so deeply emotional for her. And fathers can experience something all of their own in grieving miscarriage, but it's not going to be exactly the same thing. And he's not pretending that it is. And the same thing happened when they were talking about the custody battles. One person would be served papers and be thrown into these huge emotions about, I want to protect my kid. And it's just so difficult. And the other person sort of stands on the edges of that because they're not experiencing exactly the same thing and wonders, How do I support my partner when we're not in this together? We are, but we're not experiencing the same thing in the same way. That happens for every partnership. Somebody's parents dies, or even I've seen a partnership where their child was having the struggle, but because of their background, one person was feeling it very strongly as a difficult thing and a scary thing because it was bringing up some past trauma in the other partner, although they love their kid wasn't having those strong emotional reactions. So it felt like they were absolutely not on the same page when it came to, oh, we're overcoming together. It feels like this really, I don't want to say challenges the notion because it's not really challenging it, 
but really kind of pushes up against the notion that we're in this together and I know how you feel. The thought process that so many of us have that when we're in a relationship that we're one cohesive unit. It seems like this exemplifies the fact that even when we're together, even if we are in it together, that we're still separate individuals who have separate experiences and will still see the world in our own unique way. Yes, definitely. And so that presents a new and different kind of challenge. It's not as simple to just say, oh, let's have a mindset of being on the same team. And yet that's one of the things that absolutely helps is to keep and hold on to that mindset of, oh, we are in this together, even though we're not having the same experience. But one of the things that just really struck me when they were talking about trying to be in the relationship and focus on the relationship at the same time, having all of these emotions, listen to what they say, years long, emotionally exhausting, huge financial burden, always in the back of your mind, feeling lost all of the time, feeling hopeless, just wanting to do what's right for your kid. There's so much going on there with these custody battles and dealing with pregnancy at the same time. Just, wow. But when they were talking about Chad being served with papers and they were about to leave on a vacation, and he says, There was a time where we were about to go on a vacation and I had papers served to me. It didn't really mean anything, but it was enough that it put me into depression for a while. And it's like, well, now we're supposed to go on a family vacation and I, I don't even feel like I can be present. It was a lot of work together to try and say, okay. What does this mean? Let's yeah, figure let's, this out. Let's see if know? we can at least set it aside for now. There's nothing we can do. Let's just go be together as a family and then we'll figure it out together. Part of me had this very strong reaction of, oh, that could be so condescending to say to somebody who's having this strong emotional reaction because they just got served court papers. <laughs> it's what we tend to tell people, whatever it is, their parent just died or something happened, something big happened and they're having a strong reaction. You just need to move on. You just need to get over it. Stop feeling because that's making me uncomfortable and start solving the problem. You can't change it anyway, so might as well focus on something else. Right. And there's so many ways that we do that that just negates their emotion and their experience. So it was interesting to me that he said that because in that experience, none of those things were negative. They did actually do the work. It was a lot of work together to figure this out. How do I get myself from, oh my goodness, I can't even believe, to we're going to go on vacation and it's going to be a good vacation and we are going to handle this together and it's not going to overwhelm the life that we're building. Let's go build that life. What a journey from one to the other. And it wasn't just get over it or move on. It was a healthy version of this. And so I was as curious as the next person. How do you do that? How do you get there? How do you go from one to the other? What are the skills that you're using in order to really be there for each other? You asked them that, which was great. And they said, learning to separate the trouble from the relationship. So it's us versus the problem and being on the same team, which we'd sort of heard before. And then Chad said something really important. Chad says, We read some articles at the time that were talking about how in relationships, both partners feel like they're doing the majority and both partners feel like they're doing as much as they can. If that's the case, then the problem isn't necessarily one person not trying as much as the other. The problem is not having a joint perspective. 
I think when you are battling each other, it builds what the actual issue is with a bunch of distractions. My background is in nursing. If you're treating a symptom versus what the actual disease is, the symptom that you're treating doesn't actually help the disease go away. But if you treat the actual problem, then you can resolve it. So it's a switch in focus being on the same team. And it actually is quicker to resolve issues because you're both trying to attack the issue instead of each other. And all of that, as they talked around this issue, I thought, you guys are getting it, but I don't even know that they realize that the key underneath their ability to do those things, to realize that, oh, everybody's doing the best that they can, or to realize what is the underlying problem, and we're on the same team and we're trying to get to it, is something called perspective taking. As I realized that, I started to see it in everything that they were talking about. It was incredible how these two wonderful people have applied perspective taking, the ability to see something from another person's perspective, into their relationship in so many great ways that it allows them to be this supportive person instead of that condescending, dismissive person, or it allows them to do all of these fun things that they were talking about that they do. I was just floored that they are using this skill so astutely. So you're saying that they're using this skill so seamlessly that even though they're talking about all of these different challenges, because they're using this one skill so seamlessly through it all, that it just keeps coming up again and again as they're using it in order to resolve these issues and move forward. Yes, It's interesting that Chad actually explained what it is very clearly. My dad didn't value emotional intelligence necessarily. So to him, if someone was emotional, not for a reason that he thought was an appropriate reason to be emotional, then it wasn't a valid emotion. Why are you upset? There's not a reason to be upset. But I started to realize it doesn't actually matter why someone feels the way they do as much as it matters what you do for them or how you support them, telling someone who's crying not to cry anymore isn't actually helpful. What Chad's doing there is he's recognizing that if someone's sad, it doesn't matter as much how you would be in their situation. If I'm putting myself in their shoes just by saying, well, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be sad. That's completely not helpful. In fact, that's the opposite of perspective taking. That's egocentrism. When we put ourselves at the center of the universe, which is our natural state, seeing everything out of our own eyes. But when we live there and we can't see something from someone else's perspective, then we're just saying, oh, well, if I were you, then it wouldn't be a problem. That comes into the fine line of support between giving helpful advice to saying, oh, when I was going through this, this was helpful for me which can be a valuable thing as opposed to saying, I went through this before, therefore you need to feel exactly the same way that I did. And if you don't, well, then you're doing it wrong. Right. So when we talk about being in somebody else's shoes, usually we think of the word empathy. Empathy is a compound skill. So there's actually quite a few different elements or skills involved in trying to get empathy done. Perspective taking is one of them. And it's really important to be able to do it well, to do it this way. David W. Johnson is a social psychologist, and he describes it this way. Social perspective taking is the ability to understand how a situation appears to another person and how that person is reacting cognitively and emotionally. It's seeing it through their eyes, not putting yourself into the situation and seeing it through your own eyes. 
what's going on for them mentally and what's going on for them emotionally as they experience this. What are they experiencing? How are they seeing it? And then how are they reacting? There's two parts there. The opposite of perspective taking is egocentrism or being unaware that other perspectives exist and that one's own view of the situation or issue is incomplete and limited. Sunny actually talked about this too. We often don't realize that we don't have complete information and that another person's perspective adds a lot to how we can see a situation. And the results, when we're able to do this, so to be clear, when we allow for unique perspectives, when we understand that perspective acts as a filter and an organizer of information, you've heard of confirmation bias, that we tend to see things that reinforce our own views and not see at all, not even try and ignore, but not even see information that doesn't reinforce our views. So if we understand that we're all doing that and that everybody has a unique perspective and that our perspectives change with our situation, meaning the filters through which we see the world can change depending on where we are. So a lot of us feel and act a little bit differently at work than we would at home or at a barbecue as opposed to in church. There's lots of different ways that things about a situation that can turn on and turn off different filters. And so we need to expect that and not think, oh, I just know my partner, so I know how they're going to think. I think it's very easy for all of us to understand that when we're in different situations, we're going to react differently to different stimulus. If I'm at a rock concert and somebody jumps up and starts shouting excitedly, that might be very well expected. If I'm at a work meeting and one of my coworkers jumps up and starts yelling and shouting and acting crazy, well, they might not end up being my coworker for very much longer. That's very true. (laughs) Though it's really important, what you can realize in that situation is that your response to that yelling is filtered through your own perceptions and your own perspectives about what it means to be in each of those situations. Right. And so it's easy for us to understand that in different circumstances, behavior is appropriate or is not appropriate based off of our shared experiences and our shared understanding of what you do in those situations. What's harder for us is to understand that Different people sometimes have different norms and perspectives of what is and what's not appropriate. We talk about this a lot with different cultures, some behaviors that are appropriate in some cultures versus different cultures. I always think of having somebody over to your house. In some cultures, it is extremely welcoming and it's very pleasant and they welcome everybody in and they feed you and they treat you like family and that's part of their culture. And there are other cultures where they never invite you into their home. And it's not to say that one is wrong and one's bad. It's just different based off of different expectations. The difficulty can come in when they don't realize that the other person has a different perspective to those situations than they do. Yes. That tendency to assume that everybody sees the world the way you do or that you have all the pertinent information to be able to make decisions is egocentrism. It can really get in the way of some of the things that we try and do as humans, but definitely as couples. It can get in the way of communicating both understanding and the ability to share effectively. Even if I'm on different sides of an argument, 
if I understand the other side and where they're coming from, then I can present my information in a way that's much more readily absorbable and easy for someone to understand and get on board with. Problem solving is so much easier when you're not being egocentric about things, both understanding the other person and sharing information. And that's not just haughty or proud or stubborn. That's when you're able to see the world from someone else's perspective and see how they're reacting and see what's going on. It broadens your view of things enough to be able to see possibilities that you never would have seen. Plus, they have information that you don't have. And that helps if you're willing and able to listen and absorb that information that comes from their perspective. So you can see how, as a couple, that helps. Even just that moment, how do we go on vacation? Or Sunny's example of getting a text, but trying to be kind of on a date, and then texts are coming in. And it's like, how do I focus on you when I'm constantly being distracted by this? And both of them can use perspective taking in order to get out of whatever mode they're in and not be offended or not be frustrated or just say, okay, well, I need to be a little bit creative about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to handle this so that we can move forward. And that is facilitated by the ability to see things through somebody else's eyes. And you actually end up liking each other more and respecting each other more. And we could all use some of that. I would say that a large aspect of respect comes from understanding and respect is such a crucial aspect of relationships. It sounds like this is an awesome skill and Sunny and Chad definitely showed it several times and we just discussed the custody situation. They both went through custody issues, but at separate times and it affects them differently. Could you talk about some of the other examples that they showed and how they demonstrated in those instances and how we can apply it as well? Well, the most fun way that I saw this happening, Sunny was a really great example of this and the way that she talked about hobbies and how important it was for her to join with her partner in a hobby and how she went about doing that was just a beautiful example of this. It's a fun thing that somebody else is doing and Sunny, instead of saying, oh, that's just your thing. Or I can't even believe you spent so much time on that. Instead of doing either of those things, she actually does perspective taking. They talked about sports. They talked about fixing cars. They talked about just different things. And she takes herself in her mindset and tries to see it from the perspective of the other person. Like, why is this so fun for you? And why are you engaging with it so much? And how are you engaging with it? And she's basically trying it on trying the other person's perspective on a little bit and saying, well, could I get into this? Could I think about it the way you're thinking about it and enjoy it the way you're enjoying it? And it works. It works a lot. She's having a ball and she's doing it in her own way. So she described it as joining that journey. This project car was in part, at least from my perspective, he's interested in this. So I want to see why it's interesting to him. I want to join that journey with him. He can send me information on it and I can educate myself and then be a competent assistant as we're working on a car together. That's a really satisfying role for me. 
And so she isn't trying to take over. For her, it's not a competition. Oh, I'm going to be better than you at this. Or I'm going to get more excited than you. Like She stays out of all those traps. And she likes being an assistant. She's a nurse. <laughs> and so it fits really well with what she's comfortable with. And so she says, I become the nurse and I hand him the tools and he does the thing. And I get what he's doing because I've gone out of my way to figure it out. But she wasn't just figuring out what's going on. She was figuring out why he's excited or why it's interesting or why it's fun. And she's putting her mindset into a place where she can appreciate that as well. That is beautiful, exciting, fun perspective taking that's so helpful for their relationship. When they talked about this, I was really thinking back to Joe and Stephanie and what we talked about with them about defending our partner's interests. With Joe and Stephanie, it was Joe supporting Stephanie in her going and doing her additional schoolwork. And naturally, Joe wasn't going and doing the schoolwork with her. But that's one of the great things about the hobbies. I'm not saying that everybody has to do this. But if you're taking it really one step further and using this skill, it's more than just defending our partner's hobbies, but it's actually trying to understand why they do them and seeing it from their perspective, and then perhaps along the way, actually enjoying it themselves. Yeah, join that journey. That was brilliant to put it that way. And you can't help being a bit egocentric because it's a process. That's how we grow. If you've ever had a two-year-old around, they're completely egocentric. (laughs) As small children, we don't even know that an object that disappears from our view still exists. We're that into our own (laughs) way of seeing the world. And it takes time and it takes work for us to develop the ability to get object permanence and figure out that, oh, my view of the world or my way of thinking or my way of believing isn't the only way to approach things and get out of ourselves and be able to get into somebody else's perspective. That takes skill and it's something we're all still working on. And we all, when we're having big emotions, tend to fall back into that egocentrism and seeing things from our own perspective. And it's hard when we're really frustrated or really sad to understand why somebody might be thinking something different than we are. But it's a skill that we can keep developing and it can be really powerful. And like you said, it is kind of moving one step beyond allowing other people to have their experiences. This is actually joining. Reshaping your mindset. So you're actually trying to not just accept that somebody enjoys something, but to actually try and reframe your own mind so that you understand why they like it. Yes, I guess join the journey explains it pretty well. What was super interesting too is that when they started talking about being monogamish, there's a lot of pitfalls. And they were kind of talking about that. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with that. And their discussion about that was great. It doesn't matter if you're having a baby or being monogamish or whatever. If there's a hole in your relationship, it has to be filled from within. You're not going to fill it by adding another person, whether that person is a child or moving in with your parents, that's not going to help. Or opening up the relationship sexually, none of those things are going to help. You have to solve the problem from within. That was good. That was very smart. I'm pretty sure no one has ever said, you know what? We're having relationship problems. Why don't we move in with your parents? I think that'll solve things. You know, they haven't said it, but over and over they do it, which is really interesting. If you watch people's behavior, they start to have problems. I guess because it goes along with financial problems, but you start to have problems and then let's do that. Let's move in with the in-laws. 
But it was really interesting to see perspective taking be a powerful thing in this aspect of their relationship too, especially Chad said they were married and they were enjoying being together and being sexual with each other and sort of broadening their horizons. And then they kept talking, which is great, communicating about this and finally got to the point, and David Snarsh talks about this a little bit, that sharing your fantasies with your partner can be very triggering for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. And some people use it as a way to punish their partner and tell their partner how inadequate they are. And some people are just sharing and then their partner still feels punished and inadequate, <laughs> which is a little bit of what happened for Chad is when Sunny said, hey, you know, maybe we should try this or think about this or I've had these ideas. And his immediate response was, jealousy and inadequacy what am I not providing what am I doing wrong and then he realizes through perspective taking instead of getting all caught up in his own ego-centered me what am I doing wrong my life is so hard why am I not enough for you right instead of getting caught up in that swirling mass of negativity he was able to see through her eyes what she was saying and from her perspective she was saying this is really great what we have let's see if we can do more. Let's just keep going on this exploration and fun. And when he could see it through her eyes and not from his own scared or jealous, when he could see it from her perspective, it made sense. He wasn't needing to be in that negativity spiral. It felt like something that he could actually think about. And then they kept going through that process. But it was his ability to do perspective taking that took him out of that negativity and into, oh, all right, this isn't a threat to the relationship or to me or to my sense of self. This is just merely her taking the next step in the direction she wants to go. And every couple has to figure that out for themselves. The point is, what a great use of that skill to be able to strengthen the relationship at a time that could have gotten things a little bit shaky and difficult a way that they really summed it up. And they mentioned this specifically, again, in the context of their discussions surrounding their sexual activities. What they said is something along the lines of this is a safe space. And we know that we're safe to express whatever it is that we're thinking and what we're feeling and what we desire without being judged and without being misunderstood. I think that whole aspect of being misunderstood is one of the key issues that really does drive a lot of contention in relationships. Not that we're afraid that our partner won't like us or that they're a bad person, but that we doubt our own abilities to communicate with them what's going on inside our heads without them being hurt in some way. Or we doubt their abilities to receive what we're trying to share with them without misinterpreting what we're telling them. And it sounds like Sonny and Chad have found a way to break down that barrier of communication. And it doesn't mean that they understand what each other are saying the first time they say it. It doesn't mean that some of those feelings don't come up, as Chad talked about. His initial feeling was to feel hurt and inadequate. But they have enough confidence in one another that they know that the other person is never going to do something intentionally to hurt them. And so therefore, after they realize that, they can then come around to look at things from the perspective of their partners and see things from a point of view in which whatever was just said or expressed is not an offensive item. Yes. 
And it's important to point out that saying this is a safe space doesn't make it a safe space. But like you're talking about, it's trust and it's this ability to do perspective taking. Like there's skills involved in making it safe for your partner. And this is one of the major ones. Just saying it's a safe space does not make it true. Right. No, (laughs) you have to actually have some of these skills and use them often. So those misunderstandings don't happen. And we feel like I'm safe to say, hey, what about this? Or here's my idea and not have it misunderstood and turn into a really bad thing. Practicing these skills will actually help make it a much safer space. And it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be all the time. Like you said, reactions can happen and then we can choose to engage this skill. Or it's like he was talking about flirting with the waitress and having a word. We should all have the ability to, in that kind of a situation, be able to go out and explore the world in one way or another and know what our partner likes and doesn't like. And that sometimes some things are going to be okay and sometimes things aren't going to be okay. And he, instead of saying, whatever, I have a right to do what I want, or how come you didn't complain about this last week when I did it? He can actually go into her perception of this interaction right this second and say, oh, okay, she's feeling this. She's thinking this. I need to respond and do things differently rather than staying in his own head and be like, whatever, it's innocent fun. That's egocentric to just defend yourself. And it's much better for the relationship to be able to do some perspective taking and think, oh, through her eyes, through her experience, what's going on. And same thing. She's not offended by what he's doing and she's not super mad. She's doing some perspective taking too and saying, oh, well, he's trying to be funny. He's trying to have fun. Let me help him realize how that's affecting me instead of assuming that he's being mean on purpose. The ability to take on your partner's perspective really helps diffuse even little situations, not even just big leaps forward in our our mutual exploration of coupleness. (laughs) In little ways, it can really help things go much more smoothly. This goes back to what you were talking about in an earlier episode, defending your partner's interests and being supportive of them, how sometimes to not doubt your partner's emotions in any particular moment I would say that that definitely relates in this instance as well, because one of the really important things here is to have the sort of relationship where you don't doubt that the other person has good intentions, even if you don't necessarily see what they are at the exact moment that they do something that you might personally find somewhat offensive. Well, and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning is when somebody is wrapped up in their own world and we tend to do that more when we have big emotions or when something stressful is going on or that takes a lot of our attention or a lot of our focus and when somebody's doing that when they're grieving when they're working hard when they're super happy they tend to be living in their own world and not doing this as much or as easily and then it's nice if the partner can be a little understanding of that There's a line. You don't want to just facilitate someone always being wrapped up in their own world all the time and never contributing anything to the relationship. That having been said, sometimes when this big stuff is going on, it's important to be a little patient. So it's just really important to be able to take on some understanding of their perspective is, I'm just in my thing. I'm just trying to get stuff done. I'm not trying to shun you. I'm not trying to tell you that you're not important. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm just having my experience over here. 
we can gain a lot if we can allow people time and space to be able to live their lives if that's what's going on, if they're in the middle of something big. It's hard when our partner is celebrating something and forgets to think about us and include us. It's nice to be included in celebrations, but it's okay to also take on some perspective and say they're just wrapped up in what they're doing. Their office team in the office party just got the big award. And even though I'm here because it's the Christmas party or the whatever, and I wish they would have come over and hugged me and they're hugging everybody else and ignoring me. Okay. But I can still say, well, that's their team. They worked really hard together. I can give them the space to do that. Maybe I get my hug later. Right. And again, to reiterate, this isn't to say that we're just excusing negligence here or that we're excusing bad behavior or genuine unthoughtfulness, but just understanding that it's not always going to be about us all the time and being okay with that. Yes. I tell my seven-year-old that a lot. The whole world doesn't revolve around you. You're not the only important person on the planet. That's a skill. He's seven. He's not into perspective taking quite yet. He's working on it. Yeah, I would say that perspective taking with children, both on the giving and receiving end, is a topic for a whole different podcast that neither of us are qualified to host. But yeah, definitely another very interesting wrinkle to this whole concept. Yes. I really appreciate the way that Sunny and Chad exemplified this in so many different ways. And I think that might be a really good challenge for people to think about perspective taking. Possibly we're good at it in one aspect of our lives and a little bit less good at it in some other aspects of our lives. And so we need to, or it would help us to, make our lives so much better and more interesting if we can think about a way to apply this in a way that we haven't been applying it as much. Well, I definitely agree that that would make our lives better and more interesting. And that does lead us nicely into our relationship challenge of the week, which unsurprisingly is based around the relationship skill of perspective taking. Now, we've talked a lot about how Sunny and Chad have shown perspective taking in their relationship. And now it's all of our chance to try and apply it in a way that we are not used to doing. What the challenge is for this week? Think of something that is causing your partner grief. It doesn't have to be causing grief towards you. It can just be something that is difficult for your partner right now. The first thing that you need to do is think about how you would respond in your partner's place. I think that that's pretty easy for us to do most of the time because all of us are really good at thinking about how we would do something. The next step, the more difficult step, is to then do some perspective taking and try to understand how your partner is thinking about what is happening and how they are feeling about it. So one of the things to remember is that the best way to achieve perspective taking isn't really to guess. We feel like we need to do some mind reading and that might be a little bit difficult. You can just ask. One of the best ways to do it is to have a conversation and sit down with the person and say, so how are you seeing this situation? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? It's okay to just sit down and ask those questions because that's really the best way you're going to figure out what's going on in someone else's mind. And it's okay to even say, this is how I'm seeing this. And I feel that we're coming at it from a different angle. And I'd really like to understand your perspective. Could you really explain your perspective to me? And again, those two steps are to first 
think about how you would react and how you would feel if you were in your partner's situation. And then next, try and figure out how your partner actually does feel and actually is thinking in their situation. This can be done through your own observations, but the best way is always to just ask to make sure that you're absolutely on the same page as one another. So that wraps up another episode of Making Love Today. If you want to learn more about perspective taking and how you can apply this in your own life and how you can really master this relationship challenge of the week, you can find out more information in the show notes or visit us at makinglovetoday.com where we'll explain more about this skill. Also, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Rekindle Love Today. We'd love to hear your feedback, what you like about the show, and anything you think we might be able to do to improve. So that wraps it up for today. Until next time, be like Chad and Sunny and go out and make love in your life.